say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Countdown and everything. You're right, Amy. <laughs> it's America's Love most haunted on Blog Talk Radio. And boy, oh boy, are we excited to be here tonight, aren't we, Teresa? We certainly are. It's going to be another good one. It's going to rock. And <laughs> I am so, so excited that, uh, well, first of all, before we talk about our guests who, who are here with us, uh, spiritually or electronically speaking, but uh, we, we hit a big milestone. We sent in the, we hope, final version of the America's Most Haunted book proposal last night. Bum, ba, ba, ba. Ta-da, ta-da. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for more fanfare and whatnot. But anyway, yeah, it's really exciting. We've worked real hard on it. We wrote one complete, really, you know, very piecemeal, very granular chapter on the Ohio State Reformatory down in Mansfield, and then we have nine descriptions, fairly detailed, one to two pages each, and then, of course, we had to go in all kinds of crap about us and why we rule and how we're going to promote the hell out of this book and why they should give us all kinds of money up front and so on and so forth. So we'll see if any of that happens. In the meantime, we are absolutely delighted to have Amy Allen and Steve DeShavi from The Dead Files which I got to tell you, it's it's a show apart. It is a different kind of paranormal investigation show, and I think it's all the better as a result. Welcome, Amy and Steve. Hi, Hi. thank you. It is our pleasure. Now, as Teresa will tell you, I talk a lot. Sometimes I talk over her, and I don't want to do that. And I had the real pleasure of talking to both of you guys just about a year ago now. It was right before... You were going on the air, and that is still absolutely one of my favorite interviews. Uh, and I was just reading over it again, and it's you guys were really very forthcoming and and a lot more personal and real than than an awful lot of of uh, you know interviewees are. And and uh, I just wanted to thank you once again for that. It was tremendous. So Teresa, would you like to begin talking to our esteemed guest? <laughs> Absolutely. This might be my only question, guys. So. Oh, for sure. Is it going to be um, like a ten-part question? <laughs> now, I'm a simple gal. I'll keep it simple. Um, I want to kind of approach this from uh, a novice point of view. I, I, I am a huge fan of the show. I watch it all the time, and I applaud you for doing something different. Uh, I think it's it's absolutely fabulous, and I love it. But uh, some of our listeners may not be that familiar as Eric is um, with uh, speaking with you in the past. But what I'd like to know is how the show came about. Uh, Whose brilliant idea was it to pair up Amy, who I've been, uh, I knew of you before I knew of you, actually, because I'd seen you on other programs and such. But who decided to put the uh, retired police officer in with the with the psychic, because I think it's a brilliant combination, and I think it was long overdue. Do you want to answer that, or do you want me to answer You answer. It? I got to answer, of course. <laughs> 
Well, uh, I had been on a documentary for the NYPD called uh, NYPD 24-7, and uh, I got noticed by a producer in Hollywood, and I got reached out to and asked if I wanted to do TV. Uh, fast forward, I thought it was a joke, and I hung up, and they called back, they were persistent. Um, and then they, uh, a few years later, they reached back out to me and asked me if uh, I would be interested in doing a paranormal show, and I said, absolutely not. Um, he said, believe me, you got to come out, you got to meet Amy. So the creator of the show, Jim Casey, uh, hooked us up together. Um, we did an investigation out in Denver. Mm-hmm. And I, after I got finished meeting Amy and seeing what she was capable of, I did a turnaround and I said, yeah, I'm in. And that, that's basically it. It's that simple. <laughs> so you were you were a psych, you were a skeptic before you met Amy. You weren't a big believer in the paranormal. Um, I consider my, myself open-minded, but I've never experienced anything, and so for me, it's just. And I used a couple of psychics on some homicide cases I've had, and I wasn't really impressed. So my, um, you know, my dealings with that that type of, uh, uh, you know. People just didn't uh, really make me uh, happy about it, so I just, uh, you know. But when I met Amy, things changed. So, and I tell people that all the time. Yeah, you you, you did even you know right uh, as, as the show was launching, and uh, I, I think that that first season really unfolded amazingly. Something that I people keep asking me. Uh, you know, comments on that article we did a year ago, and just people I've been running into since since we announced this show, is you know they wonder. It just seems so astonishing at the the factuality of what Amy arrives at. Does that still astonish you, Steve? And 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 is that something that you can count on? I mean, does that ever not happen? No, for you? it's it's something we always worry about. Well, we're not worry about it. It is what it is. Um, listen, we we don't pull any punches here. She does her thing. I do my thing. If it matches, great. If it don't, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no sensitive is a hundred percent accurate. You yeah. Know? I don't get every nook and cranny all the time. Or even the crooks and nannies. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, you know, it is it's a very organic show. It, it flows by, you know, and I'm always changing things up during the investigation, which drives the producers crazy. But I really don't care. I'm doing my case. I'm doing it my way. Yep. And, you know, um, and if we match at the end, and you know what? I sit down at the reveal with her every time, and I, I get blown away. I know I don't show it on my face a lot, but believe me, inside I'm like, I can't believe this girl did this again. It really is amazing, and and, that, and it's such an unusual, you know, skill. I I, I I'm I am astonished uh, even even now, and it amazes me show by show. Sure, I mean sometimes some episodes, the details really 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 line up, and 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 uh, when you see a comparison of the drawing, you know, with a with a photograph or something, and and it's just really startlingly uh, mm-hmm. aligned. And other times it's perhaps less so, but uh, you know, I think what people are still absolutely dumbfounded by is this process that you go through, Amy. Uh, do you find that it uh, changes over time? Is it kind of a similar process each time? Uh, how do you go about the process? Uh, I guess, I guess, I guess we should also kind of back it up, and and for those who perhaps haven't watched as much or aren't as familiar with the show or with your work, perhaps if you could just maybe walk us through your process and what you go through. And then I guess just beyond that, I'm interested, as you've done the show and now the the, the episodes are starting to accumulate, ha- has anything changed for you? Uh, is, is it evolving? Um, well, um, I've been doing this for a very long time and... Um, the only thing that's changed over time is that uh, I'm very, very comfortable as a physical medium. Um, but what I've noticed is that over the years and doing this, um, I have also kind of developed my latent abilities like psychometry. Um, so I do utilize that 
more and more, um, especially if there's no dead people there. It's something that I, I have come to rely on. And uh, what is that? Psychometry. Yes. Oh, being able to, um, like, touch a wall or touch the floor, uh, touch an object and receive information from it. Amazing. I have a I have a psychic friend. Uh, we actually we just had her on uh, Michelle Belanger, and um, her and another friend of ours, Jackie Williams, uh, kind of ran me through a little bit of psychometry, which I found absolutely fascinating um, to be able to get the energy from an object the way they do, and and they try to walk me through it and try to to help me see if I can sense anything, which I found I'm not very good at, but I keep working on it. But um, being friends with them. I know that what they go through can be very physically and emotionally uh, draining. Yeah. And it seems on the show that, Amy, it, 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 it really affects you on a physical level as well as a psychological level. Um, yeah. I was wondering, is there anything that you do to kind of shield yourself but still be able to be open to the messages and the energies that are around you? And have you ever gotten very, very sick or to the point where you just had a step back on a case? Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's definitely very physically taxing, um, especially as a physical medium. Um, when you're a physical medium, you are literally utilizing every cell in your body, and you are a living person that is interacting with dead energy, uh, which is not particularly healthy. Um, so when you do that often, um, you know, you, you do a lot of physical mediums get ill often. Uh, because, mm-hmm. um, but I do have guides that I work with and I do, um, you know, do my meditations and, you know, try to eat right, uh, <laughs> um, you know, try to exercise every other day, you know, just trying to be better. Um, especially working at a pace like this, I, I found out that that's important because yeah. um, I did get sick last uh, at the beginning of this season, actually, yeah. and I had to have a surgery. Um, so, you know, but you just get – that's just something that's part of this. I remember last time we talked, uh, I was actually kind of almost felt overwhelmed when I realized that the impact that this has on your your life, not just, hey, I'm I'm on a show, now I'm going to go into this thing, but this is something that can impact you at any time and, and in any place and even affect your sleep. Is is that still the case? How, how has the last year gone for you as far as your relationship with the the spiritual world and how that affects you? Well, you know, it's it's... The, the the dead are fine, you know. I mean, you know, I get crazy ones who show up every once in a while. And, of course, you know, the investigation, there's a lot of crazy ones out there that I'm meeting. Um, but there's also a lot of great ones that I'm helping, and that's important, and um, helping the living to understand them and, and what's around them is important. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I um, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a difficult lifestyle to deal with. If you could have chosen whether or not to have this gift, would you have? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, really, I, I, that would be something, you know, if, if I had, if they had given me, I'm sure, you know, uh, I don't know. It's a tough question to answer, I think, Bob. Yeah. Well, sure it is. <laughs> That's... Uh, I mean, if you ask me that question, I'd tell you no. I mean, I love being able to help people, both living and dead, and building that bridge between them. I love the science of parapsychology, um, but, you know, it, it's really, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's difficult. It, it impacts every aspect of my life. And, you know, I think I spent a lot of time trying to be normal um, so that I could date freely, I could sleep, I could do, you know, and... That was never the case. You know, it impacted every aspect of my life. But you also feel that you're meant to do this. Right. You know, that that's what it boils down. She also knows she's meant to do this. Right. So, so it's a Amy, blessing and a curse. Yeah. Amy, do, do you ever have um, 
spiritual energies or entities or or dead people uh, that that follow you around that you can't get rid of that won't leave you alone. Maybe they followed you from an investigation or followed you from a case or just hangers on. I know people that seem to have these energies that are with them for years and years and years, and they just won't go away. Do you have any um, like spiritual hitchhikers? I guess I don't know what else to call them. Boopies. Uh. No, you know, like sometimes they'll hang out, you know, if they're nice, you know, I don't really mind, but my my point of helping them is to to leave here and go where they need to be. Um, so I kind of talk to them and, you know, but if they're not nice, then I I throw them out. I don't do I don't tolerate that behavior. One of the I, things I've picked up is that you your strong belief uh I I believe, I mean, I'm I'm hopefully not putting words in your mouth, that the living really are the ones with the power. Yes. And so I, I would imagine when you came to that realization, or maybe you've had it all along, but that that was probably quite comforting to know at least kind of, you know, at the bottom line, you're the one or we're the ones who have the power, and we we can, uh, you know, draw the line. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, I I was hoping perhaps yeah, we perhaps are yeah expounding upon. It. I mean, was that something? I I know you were seeing uh, shadow people when you were very young. Uh, I mean, were you aware then that you ultimately had the power, or did that come? Did, did that realization come later? Um. You know, I think I realized that um, in my late teens, early twenties. So it took a while. Yeah, I was a kid. I didn't know what the hell was going on. What are you trying to say? She's old? <laughs> no, no, I meant from four to early 20s. You know, that, that well, that may, must have made it that much more difficult to really have that kind of level of... Yeah, it was it, it was hard. I had a, uncertainty. I had did you, a very was it like an epiphany? Did you come to... Did something happen that made you realize that, or just was it a gradual thing? It was a gradual thing. Was your family supportive of this? Were they understanding, or uh, did they just think you had imaginary friends, or or, uh, or kind of them like it? Both of my parents are sensitive, um, but they didn't really talk about it until um, I went to them and said, you know, look, I'm gonna, I'm this is what I am, and I've got to deal with this. And uh, initially, they weren't, you know, too excited about that. Um, but my father is a physical medium and my mother is a telepath and um, also, uh, I believe, a mental medium, but she chooses not to deal with it. Um, so they were bat- they were having their own battles when I was a child with what they can do, and they weren't talking to anybody, so none of us were talking to each other, and, and we lived in this horrible house that was, you know, insanely active, and everybody was having their problems. My father's down in the basement, you know, digging it up, and he's looking up all the history on the location. My mother's, you know, in the bathroom crying because there was a woman who had killed herself there, and I'm dealing with this dead boy in the closet, you know, but nobody was really talking about it. My mother always just says, well, I just knew, and we just, that was that. You know, it just was a part of me, and um, that they would try to protect me, like, when I would, be running around the house or, you know, doing weird stuff in the middle of the night. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's tough. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey, I thought hey, I had a bad I, childhood. <laughs> you know, I gotta tell you, um, I am married to a police officer. Oh. And I am also a paranormal investigator, and my husband uh, is a, I don't even want to say skeptic. I just want to say non-believer. He thinks that I'm a little goofy and a, a little strange, and even if in his heart of hearts maybe he wants to believe in something, it, because of his profession he has a very, very hard time yeah, most, most cops, 
most cops have that front they have to put up, but you, you know, if you're not open-minded, especially what I did, I mean, I, I worked homicide for a long time. If you don't have an open mind, you're not going to clear a case. So you can't be narrow-minded when it comes to anything, let alone, uh, you know. I mean, I didn't go, when it, somebody came up to me and said, yeah, I see pink elephants floating around. I mean, it, it, it's a nut, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, to think that there's nothing else going on in our world is kind of a little arrogant and a little ignorant at the same time. So, for me, it's just I've always been open to, you know, it's like broccoli. I'll try it once, but I ain't going to eat it if I don't like it. <laughs> do your contemporaries give you a hard time about this? Or, I mean, what, um, do you thought, what are you doing hooking up with a psychic? You know, you're a facts guy. I don't want to get I into can... it, but I've, getting, I've gotten into a couple of fish fights with old oh, friends. Oh, uh, uh, over me, but over Amy, and uh, <laughs> but uh, no, you know what it is. Um, they know who the type of guy I was, and for me to turn around and be doing this now, uh, you know, if you knew me five years ago on the street, you would have said this is not the same guy that's on the show now. So mm-hmm. they're looking at me as a street guy, and you know, working the street, doing cases, um, to dealing with dead, not dead people, but dead bodies, you know. So. Uh, it, it, and they look at me like, oh, like I, you know, I swallowed the Kool-Aid, kind of. Mm. Yeah. And that pisses me off. Yeah. That really, really pisses me off because I've always considered myself open-minded. And I told them, just meet Amy for a couple of hours, then talk to me. You know what well, I mean? Well, they're also questioning your judgment, which... Oh, yeah, but I don't give a shit what they, they think. They have no reason to do. <laughs> well, I do it to a point of, it, not for me so much, but what they say about Amy. That's what annoys me. Like, you know, you really believe this crap? You know, that kind of thing. Um, and you know what? I could say, honestly, that I'd probably look at this show if it wasn't me on the show and honestly say, you know what? Ah, maybe this is a lot of bull, but I'd give it a little bit of, uh, you know, I'd give it a chance anyway. Uh, and if a guy, if I met the guy that was on the show and he said to me, well, you know, this is my background and I do believe it and I think she's a... She's legit 110 percent. Then I'll take his word for it, you know. And that—that's just, you know, basically how I feel about it anyway. If you ever looked back on a case that you had when you were working uh, as working homicide, for right. example, and now that you know better, now that you've worked with Amy, um, have you ever thought, God, I—I I, I wish I had her then. I, I wish I could have answers to an unsolved case, maybe one that's still that you never got an answer for. Do you ever wish you could go back with Amy and? maybe reopen it and see what would happen? It's funny you say that. I say exactly the same thing. I wish I knew Amy then. Um, you know, there's a couple of kid cases I worked that still eat at me at night. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's part of the job. You can't solve every case. Um, but, you know, like I said, I had used a couple of psychics on a couple of cases I had, and they didn't lead me anywhere but down a river. So I kind of lost my faith in, you know, and I did anything I could to solve a case. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, if that meant reaching out to a psychic, I did. Uh, I did it twice, and the money came out of my pocket. And, uh, you know, the NYPD frowns upon it like most law enforcement agencies mm-hmm. anyway. It's not admissible in court, number one, but I wasn't looking for that. I was just looking for a lead. Right. Right. Um, but you know what? It, like I, I've said it before. If I knew Amy <laughs> 10 years ago, I, maybe my clearance rate would have been higher. <laughs> well, hindsight, you know. I, yeah, I it's thinking. a great thing, you know. I ask her for the lotto numbers all the time, but she won't give them. <laughs> <laughs> She's yelling at me now. Oh, lotto numbers. Steve, since we're talking about kind of your techniques, um, in the course of doing the show, have you found that your approach to investigation has changed at all? A hundred percent. I say it all the time. I ask questions now that I would have never asked in the first season. Um but I know what I need to ask for her and to get to the bottom. You know, I, I ask my usual questions anyway to get to, to know what I need to know, but now I find myself asking questions I wouldn't normally ask. Um, you know, tell me about the person. You know, normally I wouldn't care less about the person. Not that I wouldn't care less, but I wouldn't really be so concerned about what kind of person they were. But now I, that's important because I don't know who she's going to encounter. I need to know what kind of person that person was. Um, so for me, I'm asking questions I wouldn't normally ask in an, re- an investigation. I had sensed that. It seems to me, I mean, that that confirms my sort of 
general sense that you had, um, you know, maybe maybe broadened out a bit about how you go about uh, oh, yeah. talking Absolutely. to people in the way and, and the kinds of questions that you ask. Hey, can you guys give us any uh, little hints as to uh, some of the more interesting cases coming up uh, in our in our current? season or a return to live shows. I loved the dentist one last week, by the way. Yeah, Dr. Powerful. Grimes yeah. was such a sweet man, I tell yeah. you the truth. He was one of the best clients we ever yes. worked for. He's so adorable. Uh, he was such a Love sincere that. guy, and, you know, he really had a, a compassionate stake in the yeah. whole thing that was happening there. He seemed very concerned about that girl. Yes. Yeah, he was. Um, and you know what? Amy helped him. Um and he, he's a sweet man. And, you know, the fact that he's a dentist, he's a doctor, and he, he decided to call us in. It's amazing. It's amazing because, you know, he's a professional. Uh, you know, it's not like me calling somebody. And this guy's you know, he's a doctor. And I think it brings credibility to both of us. And the fact that he, you know. Was willing to. Was willing to listen. And, and do it and be open to the whole process. And his wife made us cookies that night. Yeah, <laughs> he did. His wife made us cookies. They were very, very sweet people. They were yummy. Oh wow! I may have met upcoming him. Upcoming episodes. Uh, it's hard to say because we kind of had a little hiccup with Amy having to get surgery, so uh, things are, are not running as fast as we thought they were going to run. Uh, but we are doing revisit episodes uh, that everybody's been asking for. Oh yeah. So uh, hopefully that'll. Uh, be fun to see. We don't know how it's going to turn out. Uh, you haven't done those yet? We've done one so far, um, but two? Yeah, we did. Oh, I'm sorry, we've done two. Right. Right. So it's two revisits in one episode is what's going to be, so you're oh, going to I see see. two different cases in one episode. Can you tell us anything about them? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know if we can, to be honest with you, because, uh, I mean, there's nothing... I think it's just us revisiting and uh, listen, listen to the clients and what they've gone through since it, we were there. So, um, you know, I don't know. They haven't shown us anything from it, so I can't really yeah. comment on it. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that brings up a really interesting point. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, but I was just going to say that you're talking about revisiting, and, and that brings up something that I wanted to ask you about. Um, at the end of some of your reveals, when the two of you are sitting down with the client, um, there are times when you have told the client that you don't believe they should stay there. You don't believe it's safe for them to stay in their house. And uh, I've had this discussion with other paranormal investigators and other psychics, and uh, there is a consensus out there, albeit maybe a small part, but people that feel that that is uh, not a very responsible thing to do to tell people that they need to leave their house. Um, well, oh, so I, it's better I think that, that they... they I think it, it just depends on how much you believe what's going on, and if they have their faith in you, then then that's fine. But uh, I can only imagine sitting down with somebody and having them say, it's not safe to be in your house, you need to leave. Do those people leave? I mean, are these some of the cases that you're going back to that you've been discussing? Uh, have any of them left, or have any of them chosen to stay with bad consequences? Well, <laughs> here's the thing, is that when I approach a case, um, as a medium, I get what I get, but I also have a background in psychology and sociology. So I'm not just analyzing the dead that are there. I'm also analyzing the living, and I'm, you know, seeing how this can be resolved. You know, I was mentored by Dr. William Roll for four years, um, as would a graduate student be in parapsychology. Um, and I bring all of these tools that I've um you know, amassed over the years, and I bring it to the situation and very logically sit down and think about what is best for these people, both the living and the dead, and what needs to be done and what can be done to resolve this. And I will do everything I can to resolve that situation to the best of my abilities. But in rare instances, in rare instances, it is not healthy for the living person. If they are sick and it has been making them ill, it is not a good situation for them to remain there. And, uh, you I know, only also, remember that once or twice. How many, how many times have you said that in, in shows that have aired? Oh, we've had that once. once, actually. Elizabeth City, I think. 
Yeah, I, it was pretty powerful to hear that. I, I mean, I, I, I oh, you got to understand something, Eric. When I when I interview these clients, and ninety five percent of the time it never hits the air to edit it. I let them know. Listen, you call this in. I have no idea what Amy's going to see here, but you got to be prepared for her to tell you burn the friggin' house down or get out. Or you know, I, I told you, you got to prepare yourself for the worst. I mean, don't call us in and think we're going to piecemeal. We're going to tell you what we got, and that's it. I do yeah. not, yeah, I don't edit what I get. And like I said, I will do everything I can to find a peaceful resolution for both the living and the dead. But if I'm encountering an individual who is physically ill, um, who is, you know, at the whim of, of either their illness or that something physical could happen to that location that would put them in even more jeopardy, of course I'm going to want them out of there. Yeah, she doesn't do it to be mean. I mean, she's she's doing it for their, oh. for their safety and their you know for their best uh, you know intentions. You know, be, you know for their well being. Do you well, think I would think you would have are, to. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you think that there are ways that the clients themselves can can uh, take take back their health? I know you said that you try to resolve it any way you can for the living and the dead, but I know that as a homeowner, I would be furious if. I couldn't stay in my house because of something was going on, and I would probably choose to stay and fight. Uh, but then That's again, fine. I, never, I mean, you can you ask, know. like I said, it is extremely rare that I tell someone that they must leave, and I only do it in cases where the person is physically ill and possibly dying from what's happening there, or something could happen to that location that could kill them. That is the only time I would recommend that somebody leave their location. And that's only if, if you've watched all the episodes, I do give a laundry list of many things that the people can do to empower themselves, be proactive, and take back their home. Um, it's very rare that it's a situation that is absolutely overrun with the dead, overrun with evil entities, like that location in Austin was. Oh, the one in uh, Cedar Park. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would think, uh, viewing this kind of from the outside, that um, you you kind of would have no choice, Amy, as far as dealing with yourself and your own sense of integrity, that if that's the way you feel, then exactly. whether that's convenient or not, that's what you're going to tell them. Exactly. My, I am there for that person, and I'm not going to edit what I see or get and what I recommend to do. I think that's what makes your show stand out from the rest of them, that you don't edit them. They do say what's on your mind, and I think people are so used to the, the other approach that when one show uses the I'm sorry, you're breaking up. Wait. Yeah, Teresa, all of a sudden you're you're talking to us from the other side. Is that what it sounds like, Amy? <laughs> no. I took someone off. And is it better now? Yeah. You, yeah. You, you, okay. We were just getting an echo, and you were kind of trailing off. It was. It, I think it, I made someone mad. I was just playing devil's advocate here, and I think I made somebody angry. Uh, I was no. just saying the contrast between what you do on your show compared to another show, and I won't mention who it is, but a show that I've never heard them say to ever that, um, oh, no, the ghost is dangerous or what's going on is dangerous. You always hear, oh, ghosts can't hurt you. Ghosts can't hurt you. And being in this business as long as I've been in, I know they can because I have been physically hurt by a, a ghost. Right. So I think that the shock on, on people's faces, not even just the clients, but the people watching the show is probably like, wow, because they're so used to that candy-coated uh, marmalade type of Mm-hmm. Well, well you know, there was a disclaimer at the beginning of the show, so. That's right. what I keep trying to say is what feels to me so different about this show. And and I've talked about it many times with my wife or even my uh, my kids because uh, we all watch. We're, you know, religious. We would not miss it whatsoever. Is, I mean, what what my wife finds to be actually disturbing you know, uh, about the show is that it feels so much more real. And, Amy, I mean, the things that you It, is, it is real. It is. <laughs> well, that, that's, the, you know, it may be on TV, and I'm not going to throw stones at any other show on TV, but we go through great lengths mm-hmm. and processes to make 
listen, we're not going to jeopardize, and we're not going to, what's, what's the word we like to use? We're not, we're not going to. Uh, We're not going to jeopardize what we have. Our integrity and our right. investigations. And we yeah. do what we do. And I, you know, and we made it clear at the beginning, if we're going to do the show, we're going to do it this way. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to tell me, oh, well, go talk to this guy because that'll make the show better. No, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, that's not how it works. Uh-uh. Um, we take the, you know, a case leads you where it leads you. You know, and that, that was a big thing when I was on the job. Is you, you know, you go where the case leads you, not how it makes it better, where it leads you, and that's what you do. Yep. Um, and I think that just comes across on TV as well. This is reality. This is it. This is not, you know, made-up stuff. Well, we see so much that Amy goes through, and sometimes almost to the point of transformation. I mean, there are times when you are speaking... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. In someone else's voice, or, or, or maybe someone is speaking in your voice, I guess is what it is. I mean, is that true? That seems to be the case sometimes. Well, yeah, I think literally conveying someone else's words? Yes. Yeah, you did. I mean, they're standing there talking at me or yelling at me or whatever they're doing. I mean, I just see people. Like, the only difference for me is, like, really nothing except they're dead. They look... <laughs> You know, but they look normal, usually, most of them. Well, you know, I mean, some are in their death states. I mean, but, you know, they just look like living people, but they're dead, unless they're messed up, and then I know right away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like in Black Shear, she knew right away. Right, right. Well, I, I'm saying that, I think, the fact that people can see that, and and y- y- you go through all these various swings, and and personality even changes, and I think that catches people off guard, perhaps, because it is it feels so different from the kind of let's face it, the rather routine, uh, you know, process of some of the other shows, especially the ones that have been around the longest. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it gets harder and harder to keep it fresh, but um, you know, it's it's that level of personal. Involvement, and I would say that's a reflection of integrity, the integrity of, uh, on both your parts and on the part of the show. Uh, you know that that we see those things, and it's not always pretty. You know, it can be nasty, oh. mm-hmm. and 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 it doesn't always you know neatly wrap up uh, at the end. But it does feel real to me, and that to me is very, very impressive. Uh, you know, if, if someone is out there, and there's a lot of people who are looking for a tangible, an objective reason to believe in some form of afterlife and to believe in something that's bigger than than what we typically see in our everyday lives. And for me personally, your show is one of the things that I would point someone to. Take a look at this, you know, just take it at face value. I mean, either this show is a total hoax or yeah. there is something going on there. 
Well, you know, I think there's plenty of people out there that think it's a total hoax, and I get it. Listen, I get that totally. If I was sitting on my couch and I saw this, mm-hmm. I I probably would be a little skeptical myself. I'd be like, this is bullshit. But you know what? Having lived it and doing it, I know it's not. So, you know, you can't please everybody. You don't like it? Turn the, turn the station. You know, what can I tell you? We, we uh, you know, do, you know, what we do. We've always done what we do, and the only difference is that it's being filmed. Filmed, yeah, basically. And that it's filmed and on television. Yeah. yeah. It's like we're not doing really anything different than we would have done in our normal lives. It's Mm -hmm. just, you know, it's being filmed. The cases are different for me, but it's it's still an investigation. You know, people ask this all the time. We're not ghost hunters, and we'll never say we are, and that's it. We're investigators with two different methods of investigation. That's it. Well, it seems as though Amy does not have to do a whole lot of hunting. <laughs> well, sometimes they try to hide, <laughs> and then I have to, you know... Smoke them out. Basically, yeah. Hey, uh, we have a caller, and I'd like to get uh, to you, caller, from 678 here. That will be fun and interesting. I did want to ask before I forgot, um, I, I'm very interested in, in in hearing from each of you uh, and and you know you can pick either one or or both. Uh, I, I'm I'm curious as to what which episode and I suppose you have to stick with what has aired so far has mm. has really been the most gratifying and, and what has been the most disappointing. Oh, that's a tough question. For me, uh, Santa Fe was one of our most intense cases. Uh, it was gratifying for me because of a lot of reasons of. The investigation was really intense. Amy had to do two walks. Um, it, it was a crazy case, and that, yeah. that we always said that should have been a two-hour special. That, that sucker got me sick. Uh, we feel there was a lot of material that unfortunately couldn't be put on the air because of the time constraint, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but there was a lot to that case that really didn't get on air, but um, unfortunately, I think I tell you this, Dr. Grimes' case. It was probably one of the more satisfying, satisfying parts. <laughs> it absolutely was. Yeah. It really was. Um, he, he's, That's know. the client you want, that yeah. you, you hope you're getting, is someone who is just open and willing to do what they need to do for themselves right. and the and the dead the dead individual. And Kristen in Wichita, I think, yeah. was another. I was so happy to help her out. Well, not me so much, but more so for Amy. was able to help her out. Um and she's a doll, and you know mm-hmm. she's she's got abilities apparently. Yes. And Amy's able to, been able to help her out, and uh, she yeah. needed help. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people like that it just. They it, want the help, and they really accept the help. Yeah. What has been disappointing? Uh, kind of for me, I think it's when they don't listen to Amy's advice. For me. Um. I just get nervous for them. Uh, I, you know, to me, if you're going to call somebody into, you know, it's like calling a plumber in and he says you got a leak and you don't fix it. What can I tell you? You're, water, you know, you're going to have water damage. It's, you know, it's that simple. Right. Um, that that That's the part that, you know, you call us in for a case and then you don't take the advice. I don't know what to tell you then. Well, are you aware of any that have, have deteriorated even since you left? Uh, I don't know if we can get into that. We really can't. Uh, for co- you know, for lots of reasons, we really can't get into that. Um, hopefully, these revisit things will clear up yeah, some of those answers. Yeah, a ans- lot of those questions. Right? Yeah, answers. Well, that's good. I'm glad. Um, that'll. Be I, I think it's going to wind up being a total of, uh, I guess, ten cases. We're going to revisit. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to get two cases per episode, and I think it's going to be five episodes just on revisits. Well, that will be very interesting because you know, I mean, it's just it's the nature of the time, the length of the show, and the fact that the the you know the kind of the result or the or the the, the we see the recommendation, but how they chose to to act upon it is almost like an afterthought tacked on there because of I'm sure because of time you know constraints. So think, it'll be great to see. Want, I think a lot of people just want answers. And just want to know what the hell's going on. Once they know, they're like, "All right, well, I'll deal with it when I can." Well, and here's the problem too: is that what has been relayed through media is um, individuals going in and finding, you know, here's an orb on film, or here's an EVP. Bye. 
And so the person knows, okay, my house is active, but they don't really know what to do about it. And so, you know, this is something that maybe the people don't expect a laundry list of, you know, 15 things that they have to do to protect their home, their family, and, and, and it's something they have to be proactive about. And I think that catches a lot of people off guard. It's not really resolved in an hour. You know, it's going to take you months. Right. And I'm so glad you brought that up, Amy, because that is my one of my biggest pet peeves with some of these other shows who have unfortunately set some sort of unwritten precedent for the paranormal shows that are on TV. They are called into a location. They do whatever it is they do, their investigation. Then they sit down with the client and they say, well, uh, yes, your house is haunted, or no, it's not. But they'll say, yes, your house is haunted, goodbye, and then they leave. Whereas, yeah, yeah. obviously, the people knew it was haunted, or they wouldn't have called them in. And right. that is, and even in real life, uh, when you do cases, that is one of my biggest pet peeves. Is yeah. What are you doing? Why is it haunted? Who is it haunted by? Right. What are you going to do about it? Right. So, I, think uh, we, I, I think I'm sorry to cut you off, but I think that's what we bring to the table. Is like Amy can tell you what's going on, and I can kind of back it up and say, well, this is who's doing it, or this is why it's happening, and this is why these people are here. Um, so a lot of shows. I mean, I I don't know of any other show on TV that's doing what we do. Um, yeah. No, like no, said, certainly like, not to that level of depth. Off. I think that that's great. I think that that's the best part about it. I find that what you do, Steve, is so fascinating, the research and the history and and the, the digging deep and getting into the record. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that a lot of people don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's true. Well, you know, a lot of people don't know how to. Mm-hmm. That's that's right. one thing. And, and number two, it's, you know, when you've been a detective as long as I have, you, you can get a lot of information out of people without them knowing they're giving it to you. And if you don't have that ability... Uh, you know, did I, you know, John Q. Citizen just can't walk into a, you know, a, a library and ask a library, do me a favor, find out this information for me. I appreciate. It. You know, it, it, it's a, it's a, a talent, so to speak, uh, to get people to give you a hand and help you out on these things. I mean, I can never do it on my own. I have to get help from people I'm, I'm working with in, in these different counties. That brings up something too, um, and, and then we'll try uh, the uh, the caller. It, it's amazing to me and very interesting and and, and uh, reassuring i think to find that pretty much everywhere you guys go uh you know there's someone there who has a strong interest in the history in local history there's some form of official or unofficial local historian pretty much everywhere yeah you know what it is especially in small towns um it's you know, especially in small towns where a story may be the biggest story in that town. It's not like you're in Brooklyn or in Manhattan where you got, you know, a thousand stories where, you know, you can live there your whole life and not know it. Uh, so many small places, some of these instances, that's the biggest story in town and it just, everybody knows about it. And there's always one person or even two, excuse me, that become real experts. And those are the people I look for. I mean, and they're easy to find because people love to talk about what they know. You know, it's their chance to tell you, I know all about this stuff. Let me tell you about it. I know all about this. Allow me to show <laughs> yeah. you. Allow me to demonstrate. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's, but you know what? Those are the people you need. That's, that's you know, you need people like that. Without well, them, you can't find out the information. It's efficient. I mean, think if you had to go through, you know, random, uh, uh, you know, newspaper clippings and stuff like that. Well, have- I do, but it's, <laughs> it does t- it's yeah. time-consuming, and it just... It, it, you know what? It's not. It's knowing where to know, and it's knowing who to ask. Mm-hmm. That that it only comes with experience. Um, so when I get a lot of people on Facebook ask me, Steve, how can I go about doing A, B, and C? Well, a lot of the checks I do, you got to pay for. You can't do that. You need a private eye license to get some of these accesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. So or you can hire a, a PI company to do it for you, but you're gonna get charged five hundred dollars per check you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a regular citizen, it, it could be an ex- expensive process. And, you know, I walk in as a private investigator, and I, and I say, this is the case I'm doing, can you help me out? It, it, you know, I'm a retired detective, all this other stuff. It's not like, uh, you know, Joey's walking in, he works in the grocery store, and he wants to find out information. They're going to look at him like, what do you want? You know, and not to say that I'm any better than anybody else, but that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah, it is. One thing that I've always done is I've always had 
um, a professor of history or I've worked with um, police officers or agents. As you do now. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is an amazing pairing. Let us try. Let me see. Uh, here we go. Um, area code 678, are you there? Um, I don't know. If, is it me? Yes. Are you 678, area code? Well, yeah. We have many here. So. I may. All right. Um, well, what's your name? And do you have a question for Amy and Steve? Um, my name is Dana. And first and foremost, I wanted to... Thank Amy because I feel a kinship with her, and we have similar educational backgrounds. But I've had to keep things hidden for a long time and use it to the best of my abilities in another field. Mm-hmm. And since the show has come out, my family, of course, you can tell I'm Southern, has had difficulty with anyone knowing. And difficulty. Put it this way, growing up, it was easier to feel like I was a little left of center (laughs) and feel like, well, maybe I'm crazy than it was to say, this is what it is. This is what it is. This is what I am. Yeah. And since the show has come out, my mother is actually watching almost seven. And she is asking me questions finally at this point in my life. That's wonderful. So I have to really thank you for that. Oh, I, I I really am glad. You know, we we went in this to hopefully educate and help. You know, everyone. You know, communicate more freely about this subject because it is something that's a part of many many people. I mean, I had a mentor that was like, "What?" I went in the field of psych and counseling, and they were like, "What you're doing is no different. It just has a different title." Right. Mm-hmm. You're helping them in the same way. My right. other question was. Um, do you feel like things are becoming more active with the unrest and chaos that's going on politically and, and you know, we're advancing in electronics, et cetera? Um, oh, I'm sorry. How do I feel? I'm sorry. The first part was kind of cut. About Do you feel, feel like activity, paranormal or spiritual activity, is becoming stronger or increasing, oh, A, yeah. because because of the political unrest in society and because of all the advancements in electronics? Um, I feel that it's a um, something that's happening on an evolutionary um, level. Um, I think that people are simply becoming more and more aware of each other and each other's energy. And I think this might, you know... Um, don't know how to feel and interpret this energy. Um, So I just think it's something that's naturally occurring uh, for us as human beings. Um, And, and you know, people are having more experiences with each other, with the dead. Um, It's just kind of an awakening process that we're meant to go through. And last question is, if you had, my daughter is very sensitive and she's becoming more aware of it. Uh-huh. And, and I try to make it more natural rather than special. Right. Mm-hmm. For lack of a better way to put it. Yeah, exactly. Do you have recommendations? Um, my, I think, how old is she? Ten. Okay. Um, you know, I always suggest that um, they uh, keep a journal about their experiences, um, that you guys talk about the journal at least once a week, um, not saying anything, you know, just listening and say, oh, that's, you know, that's interesting, yeah, you know, and you remember this and how did you do it and all this, you know, how, how were, what was the interaction like and, you know, getting more specifics out, but not making it something that is bad or wrong or something that they don't feel they can communicate about. Um, they yeah. feel free to be able to communicate with you about this. And so, you know, keeping a journal um, with pictures and, uh, you know, descriptions of what they've seen and how the interactions have gone, um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, discussions about it in the home. I mean, we're pretty, my husband is not sensitive, but he's completely supportive of it. We just worry about, you know, when she goes to school and... Mm. Well, you know, the thing about that is is that I always um, 
attracted and was attracted to others. And it's kind of a knowing without knowing at that age. And yeah, you're attracted to people who are other sensitives. And, you know, even though um, it wasn't something I was, you know, really communicative about until I was about like 13 with my friends or 12, well, actually, no, probably about 11, I'm sorry, 11 to 13, um, you know, it was something that we always talked about, like the paranormal in general, maybe not specifically applying to us, but in general. Right. Right. Well, I greatly appreciate it, and I want to thank you once again. And Steve is an awesome compliment to it. He gives it legitimacy, and like I said before, he's old school cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he is. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And I'm so glad. Thank you. Great call. Thank you very much, Dana. Thank you. All right. Well, that was we lucked out. Uh, as as Teresa knows, you 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 never know what you're going to get because we don't have any way of screening the calls. But that was that was a great one. I have a random question. Kind of forgive me, please, because I'm I'm so fascinated by the implications of again the reality of this that that you bring to it or, or that you you show me it, it makes it feel real to me all right so if it's real then there's so many implications uh, i'm very involved with and always have been and very interested in music and i've been a dj i've been in bands and written about music blah blah, blah. do do the dead have a relationship with music can they feel it hear yeah. it understand it i i've had them um sing Songs, which I'm actually I'm not allowed to do on the show because they're copyrighted. <laughs> right. So they said, you know, it'll never make air. You know that stuff. I mean, I do it anyways, but you guys don't really get to see it because they are copyrighted. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, some of them communicate through songs. They'll give me a song like in um, Cartersville. Uh, in Georgia. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In the second it was, season. Uh, a song called Tainted Love. Yeah. yeah we can't of course. We can't hold it. sell. Yeah, so that was, you know, this dead guy was, was singing that song to me, um, you know, throughout the entire uh, walk um, in the car before getting to the location, even. Um, so, you know, but, but yeah, they absolutely have a relationship. Um, you know, if, if it means something to you in life, it'll mean something to you in death. And if that's how you need to express something, um, because for whatever reason you can't communicate otherwise or you feel it will express yourself, you know, what your meaning is that you want out specifically, they'll, they'll totally utilize it. Interesting. Now, can they uh, hear, appreciate, understand music from now or only in relationship to their their lives? Uh, no, um, they can, um, my, like, for instance, my guide uh, uh, liked the original uh, Putting on the Ritz, um, but he really liked, you know, he really likes the uh, 80s. Uh, the taco version. The taco version? Taco was the guy who redid it in the 80s. Okay, yeah, he likes that one too. So, I mean, they're, <laughs> you know, they, uh, they're they aware of what's going on around them for the most part. Sometimes there are the dead that are kind of stuck, you know, in their reality and only in their time frame. Interesting. And then my last sort of, because, uh, you know, as always, the time really flies. I can't even believe we're down to the final five minutes. Now you mentioned that you know one of the really important things that that you can do or, or seek to do is to help the dead move on. Where are they moving on to, and is that something you have also experienced? Uh, don't you look at me for? I don't experience any of this stuff. <laughs> Repeat the question because you're giving me a nice answer in that question. When when you're helping the dead move on, um, where are they moving on to? Oh. I can't answer that question unbiasedly. Well, I mean, just your opinion? 
I really don't like to express that. Um, I feel that, you know, my perception of the afterlife is biased by my religious upbringings and those things around me that I've been exposed to, and it's not my place to preach what I have been exposed to and what is tainted with my biases. Do you, that's a very interesting answer, actually. Does, a great you, answer. I like you, it. it. It's generic, but but also heartfelt. I like that. Well, so, but that would lead to one. The, the next question would be: So, it, do you think it is a relative thing? In other words, is it different for each person, depending, for example, on uh, their upbringing? Mm. Um, I believe that. Uh, see, my thing is, is is that I I don't believe any uh, sensitive um, knows what the afterlife is because they were brought up a certain way or they studied this or that and that has filtered what they what the dead or whoever has shown them. Um, so that's why I don't feel comfortable expressing uh, my personal belief system and what I believe to be out there. Um, I can say it's a positive thing, uh, what I have interpreted personally. Um, as far as other people and their religious beliefs, I respect them. Um, I think that there is something to every religion that's out there um, that can speak. As long as it makes the person happy and it resonates with them and and it completes them, I'm happy. Well, that is a, that is a wondrous answer, one, one that I will float out of here upon and, uh, and and contemplate uh with my head upon my pillow. I have a, a quick question for you. Um now, this the show itself obviously is is very serious. You take a very serious approach. You're both very serious about your roles and what you do and 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 it's great. And I think the show is is uh taken as a serious show. But are there are times when you find yourselves when you're on location or when you're shooting do you ever find times when you're you're like uh, having fun? I mean, I don't want to say that you, I, you know, obviously you have great personalities. You obviously can joke around and everything. But are there times when you're in this serious moment, a very serious investigation or in the midst of things, but do you ever have time to just let loose and unwind and, and have fun? I mean, do you guys get to share a laugh besides sharing all this heavy stuff that you share on the she's, show? She's looking at me like, you better answer this one. You know, for me, I have a lot of fun with the clients at some point because, you know, I'm there to make them feel good and keep them at ease and let them know we're there to help them. Uh, 99% of the fun stuff that you, that you I encounter with even people I interview is never going to make it to air. Um, but to answer the other question, at the end of the day, after the investigation is done, we have our fun. We let our hair down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we... Uh, I mean, we don't party with the clients, if that's what you're asking. I mean, uh, we have, we have the, you know, our crew and I, uh, me and Amy and Matt, we're very, very close with our crew. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's like a very small family. Well, it's not that small, <laughs> considering. Yeah. Uh, but we're very, very close with each other, and uh, we, we we all spend after the investigation, spend a lot of time with each other. Mm-hmm. That's good. I would think I would imagine that humor is needed to heal. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. That's good to hear. Yeah, that is good to hear. Yeah, we put a lot of hours in, believe it or not. It's it's you know, my, it's, some of these days can be 16, 17, 18 hours. So, it, oh sure, and you're traveling and you're in strange places and you're, you know, often uh, at least when you arrive at these places, you guys are the only ones you know. Yeah, yes. Yep. You know, and then, you know, the other thing is when we get to a place, people are like, oh, how was it? I'm like, I have no clue. <laughs> you know, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I saw it. I interviewed people. I, I went where I had to go, and I didn't see anything. I went to Key West, maybe even saw the freaking beach. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, you know, people don't realize that, uh, <laughs> you know, when you travel for work and, and what you're doing is work, you're it's on a the job. Road. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're out of our suitcases, and it's, it's... We're on the road for 25 days this stretch. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's an awful lot. It's it's hard. All right. Well, we have passed the uh, official endpoint that does still keep recording, so 
None of our magical words will be lost. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but I really enjoyed it again, very, very much. Really a pleasure to talk to both of you. Your, your relationship uh, really seems great. Uh, yeah, you me can and really Amy, tell uh, how much you like each other yeah. and respect each other. Yeah, I mean, she she yells at me every once in a while, but he yells at me. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we love each other. We just, you know, she's we're like brother and sister, and I just yeah. we're very we're very um, protective of each other. Very. So. That shows it really does, and I think that is um, it's touching. You know, that's a really nice part of the show. You know, it's, it may be a subtext, but I think that really does. Yeah, come I mean, through. We, we argue, but you know. Yeah. We, we, we argue. Yes. But in a good way. As all strong personalities do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, you guys. It was really a pleasure to talk to you. Same and here. I'm very Thank excited you. to see uh, see how things unfold uh, on the new episodes, and um, yeah, we really had a little wish you the best. Thank you. We're back on track, and the episodes are gonna, you know, we got a full year of episodes to come. Mm-hmm. Well, Thank I'm very so much, happy guys. for your success. And meeting I think, you. Yeah, Same it's here. Great. It was great to talk to both of you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye. Have a great evening. Bye. bye. Teresa, why don't you tell our listeners who we have next week? Next week we have. Oh, uh, let me see. Let me get it right. Stephen Lachance. Stephen Lachance, survivor, survivor, haunter, uh, haunted survivor. Oh, my gosh. Haunted survivor. Stephen Lachance will be joining us. Oh, my God, my word. It's been a rough day. We had registration for getting back to school. Stephen Lachance is joining us next week. Uh, he will fill us in a little bit more on what Elliot started to tell us about Fear House. And uh, that's going to be a great interview. And then the following week, we have another great guest coming up, Brian Cano from Haunted Collector. So hope to see you all then. Sensational. Very exciting. All right. Well, thank you very much. Another great show. It's nice to get back together with you, Teresa, after we were solo kind of last week. Uh, we were doing kind of odd time slots, and we had uh, I guess we had three interviews in, in less than two weeks. Uh, but this was a lot of fun to, to be back uh, pairing up, to tag team them. Uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun. So hope you have a fantastic evening and a great week, and we will see you. Well, we won't see you, but we will talk to you next Tuesday you at next 10 week. o'clock. All right. Good night, Good night. Everyone. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.